Oof, sorry. Just just found out that Ricky Pearsall might not miss much time. We're going to talk about it only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Thursday. Hopefully, it's a thirsty one. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. And before we're getting into today's content, which we'll do in just a second, just to remind you, September 1st, September 2nd, The Social at Midtown in Gainesville, Locked On Gators, recording live, 7 p.m. September 1st, 5.30 p.m. September 2nd, and then, of course, September 3rd is Florida versus Utah. It's going to be a great time. Come through. It's free to come through. Just just have some fun, food, drinks, do whatever it is you want to do. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but also like, subscribe, comment, review, and getting into today's content now, Ricky Pearsall, the Arizona State transfer that came to the Florida Gators this past spring, um, wide receiver, who is, I think the best way to describe him is just a dynamic playmaker at receiver, which Florida has seen quite a few of in recent years. You know, I mean, Kadarius Tony, most notably the former the former Florida Gator, was first-round pick of the New York Giants in 2021, which, good Giants, um, Fight me about it. I don't care. But Ricky Pearsall got injured in practice on Tuesday, and the initial, um, I don't want to say prognosis, but the initial response was that he will be out indefinitely. And indefinitely is a scary word, because we've seen indefinitely, uh, just as sports fans, we have seen sports, have seen uh, indefinitely become the this incredibly long, tedious process that... Uh, Kind of, kind of stinks for a while, and it was with a foot injury that Ricky Pearsall got injured with, and yes, was listed as out indefinitely because of that. Then yesterday afternoon, reports came out, courtesy of Zach Appleverdi with Gators Online. Uh, reports came out that X-rays came back negative, which is a fantastic sign um, because I mean, foot injuries that are broken bones can take a very very long time to recover from. So, but the expectation right now is that it is not a major injury and it will not um, majorly impact his 2022 season and that the, I don't want to say the expectation, but that there is reasonable hope that Ricky Pearsall will be available to play week one, September 3rd against Utah. And we're obviously hoping he is uh, the next, I think the next, even just the remainder of this week could give a better timetable. Um, but then this week or next week, we should have a much more clear uh, window for when Ricky Pearsall will be back. But I will say that I, I know I had a few comments and even some DMs um, asking about Ricky Pearsall's injury and why I didn't talk about it on yesterday's episode of Lockdown Gators. And the reason for that is because yesterday we didn't know at all what it was. All we knew was out indefinitely. Um, and so it would have just been me speculating the entire time. Here we at least have a little more clarity 
on the situation. So there's that. But uh, I will say, because, yeah, I know that people are kind of, the sky is falling because Ricky Pearsall got hurt. And don't get me wrong, Ricky Pearsall is phenomenal. Um, but I, I don't think it's the sky is falling situation. But we'll talk about that next segment. Right now, though, uh, when we just look at that injury, I will say that it, it definitely raises at least a little bit of concern from me, uh, just, just thinking about this Ricky Pearsall injury, because foot injuries, as especially foot injuries on a receiver or any any position where you're constantly planting and torquing, they can linger forever. We, we've seen so many football players, whether professional or college, have a foot injury, and it just lingers for literally the entire year. Let's say Ricky Pearsall plays week one. Now, let's say he plays through the remainder of the season. It wouldn't shock me in the slightest if at the end of the season, we were told, you know, Ricky Pearsall has been dealing with that foot injury the entire season. Like It's been bothering him the entire season. He's been working through it. He's been doing this. It wouldn't shock me in the slightest because those foot injuries, they last forever, especially when you're running constantly. We've seen, I mean, guys like as like Julio Jones, who I know a lot of the listeners of this show are Bucks fans, um, and so it might be a little weird with Julio, you know, being Julio and his career track. Um, but I'll, I'll say that. Uh, but we've seen him with foot injuries deal with them a lot. AJ Green as well dealt with foot injuries quite a bit throughout his career. Receivers that get foot injuries. They can linger for a long time, especially depending on what they are. You know, if it's a broken foot, if it's a Liz Frank injury, whatever it might be, they can last a while. So I will say that with Ricky Pearsall's foot injury, I am a little concerned. I'm not like, oh my God, he stinks now. No, but I am a little concerned that this is going to be something that will bother him throughout. And I'm not necessarily as concerned about the success of the team. I'm literally just more concerned about how long that's going to bother him for because I've never had like a foot injury, but I can imagine that it is going to flat out suck that that entire time that he's dealing with it. So let's hope it's not a bone issue, whether it's, you know, I'm not saying it's a broken thing. We know that the x-rays came back negative, but let's hope it's, it's something minor. And he's just like, oh, you know, you know, it just... It stunk for the first couple days, but now I'm good. Um, Something like that. I don't know. But let's hope it's not one of those things that's going to linger forever like these foot injuries tend to do. We're about to talk about what happens if Ricky Pearsall misses time. But first, a quick word from Built Bar because it's the end of the summer. And if you're not happy with the summer bod, that's fine. You got next year and you can do that right this time by eating Built Bar. And that's honestly the best way to do it because if you're someone like me who has a hardcore sweet tooth, Built Bar is perfect for you. It's coated in 100% chocolate, but it's not filled with sugar. There are just four net carbs along with 17 grams of protein. And if you're a calorie counter, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Most bars have just 130 calories. So you can throw out the hidden stashes. You can enjoy eating delicious delicious built bar cookie dough chunk built puffs by the way i will fist fight any of you if someone's like hey the winner of this fight is the only person that can eat them i will win by the way i'll let you know that right now if built bar said it hands up because i'm doing it built bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors so you'll never get bored use promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off of your next order with built 
or BuiltBar.com. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Similar, not even similar, just continuing what we spoke about last segment. We are now talking a little bit about what if Ricky Pearsall does miss time because this is a a legitimate discussion that needs to be had because it's something that's concerning and it's something that could happen, especially with this. Yes, we know it's not broken. That The x-rays came back negative. But they're, they're not like, oh, he's good. He's he's just going to walk it off. Like He might miss time. For now, um, I think the priority is – like I'm trying to word this without – sounding like I'm being demeaning here. I think obviously the priority is for Ricky Pearsall to be ready for Utah, like like to do whatever you can to get him ready for Utah. But let's look at this from a broader point of view, a broader stance, if you will, and figure out what is the backup plan if Ricky Pearsall can't play against Utah? Because earlier in the season or earlier in the offseason, Billy Napier is very open about, you know, uh, this this receiver room, not a ton of confidence. Um, you know, they moved Fenley Graham from corner to receiver to add some juice to that group. He's obviously gone now. Um, they, they've kind of, I mean, they almost reportedly almost kicked Marcus Burke off the team and then other players went to bat for him and, and that's what kept him here. But, you know, this is something that you got to figure out if you're the Florida Gators, because if you're missing Ricky Pearsall, who a lot of people were like, he's going to be our most productive receiver. He's going to be the best receiver on this team. That's a, that's, that's a big hit there. I think personally for me, the next player up should be Jaquavian Frazier's. And I'm saying the next person up because we acknowledge Ricky Pearsall was – going to be one of the top three receivers on this team in terms of snaps. Most likely it's Justin Shorter, Xavier Henderson, and Ricky Pearsall. And Ricky Pearsall would likely be in the slot most of the time, but we'd see Xavier Henderson and Justin Shorter go into the slot. Billy Napier likes to use a big slot receiver. That's that, that's just what he likes to do. I, I don't necessarily uh, think it's a positive or a negative, but it does mean that Ricky Pearsall would be playing outside and slot. And I think with Ricky Pearsall out, that's kind of going to limit a little bit. I think Trent Whittemore is going to be playing in the slot a lot more because he's likely going to be the next man up in that sense where he's the third guy. But we've been taking this whole offseason as if the top four are Justin Shorter, Xavier Henderson, Ricky Pearsall, and Trent Whitmore. So I think Trent Whitmore just slides into Ricky Pearsall's slot. And I think that the next player up should be Jaquavian Frazier's. No matter who you think it is right now, whether it's Dejon Reynolds or if it's if it's Marcus Burke, if it's Ty Bowman, whoever it is, I think Jaquavian Frazier should be the next man up. I think last season, when his number was called, he played pretty well. Um, I think that's something we can all say. I, I will also acknowledge that he was incredibly limited last season in terms of what routes he was asked to run. That's what it is. He was a lot of times used on screens and bubbles and all that stuff. Um but I think he was productive when his number was called, and he showed a little bit of wiggle for for him. Um, and then I think also when you watch that spring game back, he kind of dogged. Like, he was a huge part of the offense. And him going against, I believe it was Jalen Kimber, uh, he absolutely dominated the entirety of that spring game. He was just jump balls. He was getting open. He was doing everything. So I think Jaquavian Frazier is someone that, 
I don't want to say he's getting slept on right now, but I think that he should be the next man up. If Ricky Pearsall can't play, he should be wide receiver four now. Um, I understand that people are going to be like, well, he he's not going to replace Ricky Pearsall. He doesn't have this, that same exact skill set. And here's the thing. I don't think the Florida Gators have another player on roster that offers the smoothness, fluidity, shiftiness, any of those terms you want to use. I don't think the Florida Gators have that player on roster. Um, like you, you will not find an exact replacement for Ricky Pearsall's skill set. That's one of the reasons that Florida brought him in because they were like, we don't have this player on roster. And we want slash need this player on our roster. So I, I think that you can acknowledge that you're not going to get it. You can accept that you're not going to replace Ricky Pearsall. Uh, I do think that this might be the time that we maybe see Naquan Wright once he's fully healthy again. Maybe he works in the slot a little bit to just add that shiftier threat out of there. Um, but even then, I, I'm not sure what we see because I think Naquan Wright should be the starting running back. So it's like, do we just not have him as a starting running back for a few times? Or do we have him starting running back and then also occasionally rotating into the slot while Ricky Pearsall is recovering from injury? Um that's, I, I think, a toughie. Uh, that's what we'll call it. We'll call it a toughie. But let's say Ricky misses the Utah game schematically and game plan-wise, whatever you want to call it. I think you see Florida run the ball a lot more than we initially anticipated. I think you see Florida come out in even more 12 personnel than we initially anticipated. And again, 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends, two receivers. So those two receivers would be Justin Shorter, Xavier Henderson, two tight ends would be Keon Zipper and Dante Zanders probably. Um, maybe Jonathan Odom is in there. And I think you see a lot less over-the-middle passing work um, because I don't think you're going to see, especially if it's 12 personnel, like I, I don't think that the tight ends are proven receiving threats. I think Keon Zipper is pretty dang good. I think he did a good job every time we've seen him play, really. Uh but I do also think that if Ricky Pearsall is not there, you're going to see Anthony Richardson want to test the deep waters with Justin Shorter and with Xavier Henderson. And Xavier Henderson, I mean, he's got great straight line speed. I think that um, I think not enough people acknowledge that he does have great straight line speed and he's got great size. So maybe he's the guy that ends up being that vertical threat that we're looking for on the outside instead of Justin Shorter winning jump balls. And Justin Shorter is more of the close-knit uh, possession receiver there. But there's a lot that can happen, and there's there's a lot of factors that go into this, and we're gonna we're gonna shift away from that to talk about Anthony Richardson because the hype has been building for him. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Like I said, Anthony Richardson, the hype has been building for him, and the, like the hype train is picking up steam at an alarming rate. Like the Anthony Richardson hype train should be sponsored by the movie Bullet Train. Like, that, that's what we're talking about. That's how fast this thing is going. Uh, Emery Hunt, who, if you don't follow Emery Hunt, shame on you. Um, just, just saying that uh, football game plan there. Said that he thinks Anthony Richardson is the number one quarterback in the 2023 NFL draft. Um, if he chooses to declare. He said he's the number one quarterback, the most talented quarterback over Bryce Young. Over C.J. Stroud, over Will Levis, over Tyler Van Dyke. And 
I mean, the, the first reason that he brought up was the height, weight, speed, which is also interesting because I feel like we don't talk about that enough at quarterback. Uh, and I, myself included, don't talk about it enough at quarterback. Um, I think when you talk about a, a height, weight, speed freak, you look at receivers, you look at corners like uh, like, like Tariq Woolen from UTSA last season. Um in the NFL draft, UTSA, you know, he's 6'3". He's one of the fastest corners, one of the fastest players in the 2022 NFL draft. Phenomenal size metrics. Um, I think you talk about those receivers, those corners, tight ends, maybe even O-linemen, D-linemen. I feel like you talk about everything but quarterback. You don't talk enough about the height, weight, speed freaks like like, like Josh Allen, like Cam Newton. And you, you talk about them, obviously, but you don't call them height, weight, speed freaks, um, which is exactly what Anthony Richardson is, and it's what Emory, Emory Hunt called him. And then he also talked about film-wise, you watch the LSU game, which, I mean, I think that's the game, if I'm not mistaken, that was the game where I was like, okay, like like you need to start Anthony Richardson. Like, like he is clearly the guy at this point um, because, yes, he threw an early interception when he came in, but he quickly rebounded and locked in. Like, he locked in so quickly after that interception where Emory Jones, who we saw last season, um, he would throw a pick and not lock in. And I'm not saying that he would throw a pick and then panic and just throw a bunch of them because that, that's a false statement. But he wouldn't go, okay, like, I need to, I need to tighten up here. Uh, but that's what Anthony Richardson did last season in the LSU game, the Georgia game. I don't, I honestly, I don't fault Anthony Richardson at all for that Georgia game. First start against, I think the best defense that I've ever seen step on a college football field. Um, and, and he played pretty well until those final uh, two minutes of the first half, the final two minutes. And I think it was like 34 seconds of the first half when things just went off the rails. Uh, Anthony Richardson played as well as you can expect for a first for a guy in his first game starting against that Georgia defense. But he talked about the LSU game and, and he was like, look, you have someone who he has shown he won't get rattled by big games. He won't get rattled by trying to put the team on his back. He is a physical specimen that you can only dream of. He's a Madden created player at that point. Like like NCAA Football, EA Sports College Football 2023 is coming out next July. And if you make a quarterback, odds are he's going to be just like Anthony Richardson. Like That's what we're talking about here when we talk about a physical specimen like Anthony Richardson. But I will say again, please never in your life hurdle someone. I, I don't want to see the quarterback hurdle people. Um, and then also talking about the draft, Damian Parson from the Draft Network published a mock draft earlier this week that had Anthony Richardson as the second quarterback off the board behind only C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud went fourth overall to, I believe, the Panthers, and uh, Anthony Richardson went fifth overall to the New York Giants, which I would lose my mind, by the way, if that happens. Um, but, but the hype train is clearly picking up, and even Damian Parson, when he wrote the mock draft, he was like, look, this is not even based off the film. This is looking at someone's physical traits and going, we can develop you into an elite quarterback. And then that's what we've talked about with Anthony Richardson before. And even I did a breaking tackles, New York giants podcast earlier this week. And we spoke about Anthony Richardson for a second. And you go back to that 
Chiefs and Bills game in the playoffs earlier this year where you go, we need a quarterback like that. Like just Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, the guys who can put the team on their back and just let the ball fly and fit the ball into every tight window you need to with velocity and and just do all these insane superhuman things. Anthony Richardson is that. Like, like that's what Anthony Richardson does, and that's what Anthony Richardson brings to the table. So I think when you watch him and you look at him, you got to go, okay, um, he's, he's, he's a freak. Uh, he, like, he is, he, is, he is our franchise quarterback. So I think when you look at the NFL draft, you got that. And then I've, I realize I've called him a freak a lot, and that's kind of been burying the lead but also hitting the nail on the head. Because Bruce Feldman with The Athletic, uh, his freaks list, his annual freaks list, where, freaks list where he takes the absolute freakiest college football players and, and he talks about them and their uh, their physical, I'll say, I don't want to say physical skill set, but the ridiculous numbers that they could post. And Anthony Richardson is on there. He's a number 50 player on the list. And, I, and I'll read the excerpt here because... He said, we never have many quarterbacks on this list, but this is a rare athlete. Richardson is a chiseled 6'4", 238 pounds with just 10% body fat and says he runs a 4-4-40 and can throw up football 75 yards in the air. Football insiders eyeballing college quarterbacks at this summer's Manning Passing Academy were wowed by Richardson's physical tools, saying he and Kentucky's Will Levis we're well above and beyond every other quarterback there. Personally, like everyone here knows how I feel about Will Levis. Um, so there's that. Anthony Richardson cleans 325 pounds and squatted 500 pounds this offseason. And then he's got a quote from Florida's strength and conditioning coach, uh, Mark Hockey. He said, Anthony is physically built like an outside linebacker. He's tall, long, and chiseled out of stone. Has the athleticism, speed, and agility and bounce plays above the rim of a running back wide receiver combined with a jugs machine for an arm. And Mark Hockey never fails to entertain on these quotes. Like I've said, like Anthony Richardson has a howitzer attached to his torso. Um, and it's one of those things where you, you can't help but fall in love with it. And, and yes, I know that I've been the type even where I'm like, I need to see him put it together consistently, but that changes nothing in terms of should an NFL team take him early. Like you, you have the physical traits, you have the cannon of an arm, you have the athleticism of, I mean, he's more athletic than 99% of the athletes on a football field. And so you've got someone who is, uh, you can't find that. There isn't an Anthony Richardson in every draft. There isn't an Anthony Richardson in every recruiting class. There isn't an Anthony Richardson in every 10 recruiting classes. This is a rare physical specimen and one that, yes, he needs work. He like The hype has always been there. It will always be there. But you've got to see him put it on the field consistently because, yes, he's got the bazooka of an arm. Yes, he's got all that athleticism. But you've got to see him improve in making reads, decision-making, and accuracy in general. If he could do that, you're looking at a legitimately elite quarterback prospect and not just a, a ball of clay that you're like, we're going to turn him into an elite quarterback. Uh, I think that's that's the biggest difference there. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Florida Gators football team. Now make your second listen, Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. 
For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports and GiantsCountryBestSide.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow.